The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Glory to God. Are you ready for today? Lift your hands to heaven. Say, Father, open my eyes. Open my ears. Give me a word. Give me a word. Now, just take a moment and just talk to God. I want you to mention any particular situation or circumstance. Anything whatsoever. Tell God to give you a word. Over that situation, over that circumstance, say, Father, give me a word. Give me a word. Give me a word. Give me a word. Speak to me. Give me a word. And I want you to pray that, Lord, beyond what Pastor is going to say, let me hear what your spirit is saying to me personally. Let that be your prayer. Beyond what I'm going to say, what I'm going to teach, let me hear what your spirit is saying. Let me hear what your spirit is saying. Hallelujah. Father, let the entrance of your word bring life and understanding. Illumination in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Alright, pick whatever it is that you're going to write with. Right? I always encourage us to write. Um... And I always encourage us not to write what I am saying, but to write what the Spirit of God is speaking to you from what I'm saying. And when you write, do not write verbatim. Pastor said this. You can write that, but most importantly, look out for the action point. When I'm talking and God is speaking to you and, and the words are coming to you, the light that is coming, the illumination that is coming, the clarity that is coming, action point. This is what I need to do. This is what I need to stop doing. This is what I need to start doing based on what I'm hearing as it applying to this aspect of my life. All right? Are you with me? Okay. So last week, we, we, we started talking about the Supernatural Lifestyle Series. And then we talked about the, the cycle of life. How, how, how we see life. How life evolves. How it forms. And our text scripture is John 10.10. 10. It says, Jesus said, I have come that they might have life. And that they may have it more abundantly. I have come that they may have life. And they may have it more abundantly. So we're seeing that cycle of life. How that life forms. We talked about um, um, the, 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 the breaking. Someone remind me. The, what are the, what's the second one? Is it the offering? Yes. The offering. Yes. The first one. The second one. The breaking. And then the third one. The blessing. Okay. How that your world and your life revolves around those three things. That you're, you're broken at certain point and then, um, um, you, sorry, you, you're, you're offered at certain point and then you're broken and then um, the blessing shows forth. And then it goes back again and then you're offered again and then you're, you're broken and the blessing shows forth. And it keeps going round and round like that. Why? Because um, when, when you offer yourself to God and God breaks you and reveals himself through you, that's not all that God is. There's another dimension, another part of God that has not been revealed. So what happens is that whenever you offer yourself to God, he takes that offering. Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus took the bread. What did he do? He broke it. He broke it. Offered it up to God. And when he offered it up to God, he pronounced the blessing on them. So that your life revolves around those three things. Each time and every time you encounter a problem, encounter a situation, look for those three things. Where is, where is this thing asking me to offer to God? Isaac was an offering to God. And then in that offering, there was a breaking of, 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 of Abraham. And in that breaking, then there was a release of the blessing. And in that blessing, you and I came forth. And the Bible says that we are sons and daughters of Abraham. And we come out of the lineage of Abraham. So the, the, the offering, the blessing, the breaking and the blessing, and those three things, watch out. If you're going through anything in life, any storm, any situation, anything that looks difficult and challenging, watch out for those three things. God is asking you to offer something, offer yourself, so that he can break you and then the blessing can show forth. 
anything in life, anything whatsoever, things that look so difficult, go to God and say, God, where, where am I, what am I supposed to do here? He's asking you to offer something, to offer yourself, maybe to give up something or to, to lay down something. And then when you do that, he begins to break you. He begins to break you. Why? We saw that the potter, the potter to, in order to make the, 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 the sculpture to be smooth, he takes the clay, breaks and um, mashes it and presses it and presses it. at that point someone would think that why is this potter so wicked you know and takes the thing but what he's doing is that so that it will be smooth it will be smooth so at that point when you are released and the blessing comes forth there will be no blemish jesus said the prince of this world came to me and found nothing in me nothing in me okay so we saw those three things go back to the to the uh, soundcloud you see the messages there but today i'm going to start a three-part series called supernatural living supernatural living and i'm going to talk on three things in those in the three part but the first one today is revelation revelation on supernatural living revelation okay so the bible is not only for defense it is for life i told us last week that you don't read the bible to remember you read it to respond. You don't read it so that when you, when you stand out, you can come and say, um, uh, John 10, 10 says this, John 3 says this. That's not the reason for reading the Bible. The reason you read the scripture is so that you can respond. And how do you respond? You don't not only respond by quoting it. You can respond by your attitude. You can respond by your actions. When a situation and, 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 and comes before you, what do you say? I remember, um, I think it was Reverend George that was giving this story or, or so about a woman. He got into a plane and then, um, was it? No, no, he was, he was Pastor Deboye. He said um, he got into the plane and then the, the, uh, the, there was turbulence and everything. And then this woman looking all push, uh, all posh and, and everything. And then the plane was shaking, shaking, shaking. And then next thing she said, shock no. That was what was inside her. She might have been a Christian. She might have been a fool um, reading the Bible. But at that moment, what came out was shock no. You know? So, there are people like that. So when you read the Bible, you don't read it to quote it. You read it to respond. Your response may not be in the scripture. Your response can be in action. Someone comes to you and gives you a bad news. And then the next thing you do, that's an action. That's a response. You put, you've not said anything, but it's an action. It's, an, it's a response. Look, you may not be able to quote any scripture, but they come to you and tell you a bad news. And you just say, it is well. You've not quoted any scripture. You've not said anything. But the Bible in you is responding. The scripture you have read is responding. So you read to respond. The Bible says that if you, if you fail in the day of adversity, it means that your strength is small. So when adversity comes, what you need to do at that time is not even prayer. It's a response. How do you respond? They tell you X, Y, Z. Ah, do you know that they're sacking people in this office? And then the next thing you start doing, you now go to your boss. You buy your boss a fine tie. The next week, you buy him a fine t-shirt. You are responding. How are you responding? You're responding out of fear. That's a response. But when the scripture is full inside of you and something happens to you, the, post, the posture you take, the position you take, just puts you in a place of peace. Why? You're filled with scripture. You may not remember one scripture, but your response remembers scripture. And that response is what attacks the situation. So when you read the scripture, the Bible is not always for defense. It's not every time that you read the Bible, you say, okay, um, um, you, you quote scriptures to, to, to defend yourself, to defend something. No. It's also for offense. It's also so that when, 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 when the day of adversity comes, you will have strength to stand. So it's not only for defense. It's not only for defense. Why not go on the offensive? Go on the offensive. Read ahead. Understand scripture. Learn what God is saying. So that when adversity comes and storm comes, you stand. You stand still. You know what God is asking you to do. Because sometimes, at, at some time, God will tell them, go forward. At another time, I remember um, one pastor was giving, giving a testimony. He said he was, he was in his house and um, armed robbers came. Armed robbers came. And 
They woke up. Heard them coming inside the house. And then God told him sleep. And he slept. Said the next time they came again. When he got up, God told him, jump. <laughs> God told him, jump. Get out now. If he was not exposed to God, he would have said, yeah, I said he slept. I just said he slept at that time. Let me sleep now. No. What is God saying now? God told him, jump. He scared defense. Man, man of God. He jumped. He jumped. I mean, think about it. You could have said, ah, but God told me to sleep the other time. It means that whenever there's arm robber, I should be sleeping. No. What is God saying now? So when you read scriptures, you, you position yourself for a response all the time and every time. That's how you should go about reading the Bible. You don't just read it so that you can... The moment you finish reading it, close it. I can guarantee you, you may not remember. But one day, you are just passing by. And somebody just beside you. Like this thing, I was, I was at the ATM queue. One day, the lady just walked up to me. Said, sorry, are you the last? I say, I'm the last on the queue. How can I be the last? I said, I just looked at her and said, I'm the last on the queue. And then she looked at me and said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true because you can't use your own and come and scatter my own. You can't be telling me I'm the last. Am I the last? Which last? I'm the last on the queue. On this queue. That you saying? But well, you can come and be the last. But <laughs> You know? So that's because someone think, ah, you're taking it too far. No! It's what's inside of me. Shokwono cannot come out of me. Understand? It's what's inside. And in the day of adversity, it's what's inside that will come out. So, read the scripture every day. Make it a habit. Study and read and read and read and study and get yourself exposed to it. You, will, you may not know the kind of things you're responding to. You may not know the kind of... You get into your house. Certain things are not in place. And you just get there and say, ah, this house is safe. Ah, nothing. Ah, come on. That's a response. You don't know it's a response. But when God's word is inside of you, and you look, and even there is nothing, say, Father, thank you for abundance. End of story. You don't need to disturb yourself how the abundance will come. Father, I thank you for abundance. End of story. That's a response. Okay? So you, you read the scripture to be able to respond. That's supernatural lifestyle. That's supernatural living. But that's the way I'm going today. Today, I'm going to Revelation. Revelation. The part that talks about Revelation. John 10.10. 10. I've come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. John chapter 5. Turn your Bible to John chapter 5 verse 31. This is Jesus testifying about himself. John chapter 5 verse 31. It says, if I testify about myself, my testimony is not true. There is another who testifies in my favor. And I know that his testimony about me is true. You have sent to John and he has testified to the truth. Not that I accept human testimony, but I mention it that you may be saved. John was a lamp that burned and gave light. And you chose for a time to enjoy his light. I have testimony way here than that of John. For the works that the Father has given to me to finish... The very works that I am doing testify that the Father has sent me. And the Father who sent me has himself testified concerning me. You have never heard his voice, nor seen his form, nor does his word dwell in you. For you do not believe the one he sent. You study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the scriptures which testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. Glory to God. This is Jesus saying, look, John came and you testified of John. But I am here and you're refusing to recognize me. You're refusing to accept me. You're refusing to believe what I have come with. You're refusing to accept the life that I've come to give. It says, but you study the scriptures 
thinking that in studying the scriptures, you have life. But what you fail to realize is that the scriptures are the ones that are testifying of me. So those scriptures do not contain life. They only talk about me. In me is the life. Look at that again. Verse 39. You study the scriptures diligently. Because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify of me. So you refuse to believe the scriptures. And then you are refusing to believe in me. But you take your time to diligently study the scriptures. But you are refusing to believe in me. But these same scriptures that you are devoting time to. Are the scriptures that testify of me. Look at what it says in verse 40. Yet you refuse to come to me to have life. Meaning that I am the one that gives life. So when you study the scripture, the scripture is supposed to do what? Reveal me to you. Are you listening to me? The scripture is supposed to reveal me to you. So that in me, you will have the life. So when we talk about supernatural living, the revelation of that is that Christ is revealed to you. Everything that you do, every study, every, every research that you do in God's word, is so that Christ is revealed to you. At the end of the day, Glory to God. It says, you study the scriptures diligently. Because you think that in them you have eternal life. The very scriptures that testify of me, yet you have refused to come to me. But in me is that life. You refuse to come to me to have life. So you go to the Bible. And just because you've read it, you think you're okay. Oh, I read my Bible today, so I'm fine. I remember those days. Growing up in SU. Brother, have you read your Bible today? That's what they tell us. And so, to measure your Christianity, we want to know if you've read the Bible today. Bro, have you prayed today? And then for you not to feel like you're not a bro, you say, oh yes, 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 yes. yes. And you've not prayed though. You've not studied. So for you to be a bro, you have to attest that, yes. You've read. So when you wake up in the morning, chat. I've not read my Bible today. <laughs> so that if they ask me, not if, not so that, they, so that if they ask me, not so that I will see life. No. So that if they ask me. And then, have you prayed today? That question, those two questions, growing up, they always ask. So, what I will we'll quickly do is quickly do five minutes. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you. So that if they ask me, bro, have you prayed today? Oh, yes. I had a wonderful time with the Lord today. Bro, have you read the Bible today? Oh, yes. The word of God is sweet. Sweet. We only read it and prayed so that when they ask us, we'll be able to answer. But what is Jesus saying? He said, that's not the basis. That's not the essence. I am the life. I am the one that gives life. So when you read the scriptures, they should reveal me to you. If they don't reveal me to you, you've not read it. If you, when you study the scriptures, you should see Jesus coming out. Life should be flowing out from the scriptures. Entering into you. When that life comes, it is Christ being revealed. So the supernatural life and supernatural living starts with a revelation. It starts with a revelation. Revelation of one person and one person alone. Jesus Christ. One person alone. So the supernatural is not something that is entirely new. It has always been there as long as God has always been there. The supernatural is not, it's not new. It's not something that happens when you, when, you, when you now go to pray or go to study scriptures. No. It has always been there. Your praying, your studying of scriptures does not bring the supernatural to the landlight. It just brings you Gives you light so that you can see what's already there. The supernatural is always there. God is the constant. God is the one that is constant. Listen to me. Anything that you do. That you are thinking that because of what you are doing. God will move. Is a lie. Listen to me. Listen very carefully. God is a constant. What God will do in your life. He has already done. The day you see it. It's not the day he did it. That was the day you recognized what he has done. That was the day you saw it. So if you're praying, 
God, give me a million dollars. Look, if you require a million dollars for your assignment, listen to me, it is already there. The day you receive that million dollars for the assignment, it's not the day God gave it to you. You only you were revealed. You, you, you saw it. You came to realize what is now yours. It's revelation. You come to realize what is now yours. When you understand that, the way you approach God and the way you pray becomes different. So you are not praying to have. You are praying to take responsibility. So when you take responsibility for anything, God now begins to position you and then you see what has been provided for you on the way. Listen, you cannot pray to a point where God will change what he has planned for you. I don't, I don't know if you get what I'm saying. God says to XYZ, for example, Donald Trump. Donald Trump's presidency is inside him. Okay, let me ask you a question. What prayer can you pray now that right now, by in the next 24 hours, you become the president of Nigeria? Even if you and prayer are like this. You and prayer, they call you, when they say pray, ah, that's your name. It can't happen. Why? If it's not there, it's not there. Prayer does not bring something that is not there into existence. It is what is there. You are only just, it just reveals it. Are you getting me? It just reveals it. It just brings it to light and you see it clearly. God cannot be more than God. You can't pray God to be more than he is. He's already, he's a constant. That's who he is. So when you are in God and you are praying, look, the plan and the thoughts of God for you, they are good and not evil. To give you a hope and a future, an expected end. That expected end, your future, your destiny. If God has planned that, look, um, um, you are going to rule Nigeria. Nigeria's presidency is inside you. When you begin to pray, it begins to reveal. So when you see somebody and say, ah, this guy was broke before. He went to one place. He was praying there and praying for 30 days and 40 days. And then all of a sudden, he got this job. Listen to me. That job was inside him. It was not the prayer that brought the job. The prayer only revealed what was inside. You get my point? So, listen now. When you now know who God has made you to be, and you read the Bible and see that God has made you the head and not the tail, when you go in the presence of God to pray, you are taking what is already yours. When you go in the presence of God to pray and intercede, you are taking, you are standing in a position that God has given you already. So when you get instructions from that point and you move, what happens? The instructions are only moving you to what is already yours. Who you are in Christ Jesus cannot be changed. Who God has made you in Christ Jesus cannot be changed. When you pray, and you get in God's presence, you are revealed into who you are already. You are revealed into who God has made you to be. So everything becomes revealed. Everything becomes revealed. Glory to God. So the supernatural is not something that is entirely new. It's, it's there. Right now we are here. Angels are here. If God opened your eyes and you begin to see them, it's not because you saw them, that's when they came. No, they're already here. They're already here. They're already here. It's not, it's not because you saw them, then, ah, angels just came. No, they've been here since. The same thing with the presence of God. The presence of God is tangible. It's real. It's everywhere. But when you expose yourself, and then you begin to feel that presence, it's not at that moment that the person just showed up. No. You are the one that moved. God doesn't move. Listen to me. God does a constant. In anything, God is a constant. If anything happens to us, we are the ones that move. If you give a million dollars and God blesses you the next day with 700 million, you are the one that moved. God did not move. You are the one that moved. If you prayed now, you sat here, prayed for 30 minutes, and God gave you a word. And then all of a sudden, somebody walked in, came here and said, 
I just sense that I should just give you a millionaire right now. And that's, that's, that's the need in your heart. You are the one that moved. Where did you move to? You moved into position. Get me? You, God has sorted us out already. We are the ones that go out of position. So when we pray, when we fast, when we give, when we come to church, when we expose ourselves to God, what happens? He begins to put us back into position. Because he has set everything on the way. Everything. Go to Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Chapter 1 verse, verse 12. He has set everything on the way. Everything is on our way. Everything. What happens to us is that we are revealed. We are revealed. Revelation comes on us. We begin to see these things. We begin to, we begin to see them. We begin to get exposed to them. They begin to come to light. Illumination comes. Illumination comes. We are exposed to them. Glory to God. Are you following me? Ecclesiastes chapter 1. Verse 12. It says, I, the preacher, was king over Israel in Jerusalem. And I set my heart to seek and search out by wisdom concerning all that is done under heaven. This burdensome task God has given to the sons of man by which they may be exercised. I have seen all the works that are done under the sun. And indeed, it's all is vanity and, and grasping of the wind. What is crooked cannot be made straight. And what is lacking cannot be numbered. I commune with my heart saying, look, I've attained greatness and I've gained more wisdom than all who were before me in Jerusalem. My heart has understood great wisdom and knowledge and I set my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. I perceive that this also is grasping of the wind. He says, for in much wisdom is much grief and he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. That's, that's really not where I want to go. There's a part of, um, I'll find it. Um, there's a part of that of Ecclesiastes that says that um, there's nothing that a man needs to do again. That everything has been done. Everything has been accomplished. Everything has been done. Everything has been said. God has set everything in their place. God has set everything in their place. Everything has been said. Everything has been arranged. Everything has been set already. Glory to God. Okay. Yeah. Ecclesiastes 7 verse 14. In the day of prosperity, be joyful. But in the day of adversity, consider. Surely, God has appointed the one as well as the other. So that man can find out nothing that will come after him. God has set one over the other. Man can find out nothing. God has set everything in their place. Everything in their place. He said, everything is beautiful in its time. But when it's not in its time, it's not beautiful. So what God does for you and I... Is to bring us to the time. Glory. He brings us to the time. Because in the time of that thing is beautiful. But when we go out of the time of it. It's not beautiful. And then we begin to see other things. We begin to see other things. We begin to experience um, problems here and there. But in its time. So what God does is that he brings us to that time. He puts us in position. He puts you and I in position. Glory to God. The second thing is that the supernatural exists. So it can be maximized. So it can be maximized. The supernatural does not just exist for existence sake. No. It's so that you and I can benefit from it. So that we can take a part of it. So that we can enjoy it. We can, we can maximize it. We can live life to the full. That's what it says in John 10.10. 10. I've come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. And then also, it is a place of total dependency on Christ. The supernatural living is a place of total dependency on Christ. You depend wholly, solely, and totally on Christ. And totally on Christ. Why? Because that life is his life. He's the owner of that life. He's the one that has that life. So your dependency rests on him. It does not rest on anything else. It rests on him. Alright? It is the birthright of every believer. Everyone that is saved, everyone that is born again, has a right to enjoy supernatural living. Has a right to enjoy supernatural living. And it is the place where God dwells. God dwells in the supernatural. That's where he lives. You and I are the ones that go there to meet him. But going there to meet him is not all that, that we should do. 
what should happen? He expects us to stay there. It should be our own constant. The way it is constant for him, it should be constant for us. So we don't just enter the supernatural. And today, we feel all... And then tomorrow, we're walking like this. We are supposed to enter and stay there. And stay there. It's our right. It's our bad place. That's where we belong. For every believer. It is the place of the spirit. It is the place of the spirit. And then you cannot figure God out. God cannot be figured out. He can only be revealed. You cannot calculate God. Say, so, okay, now, um, I've gotten the formula to access the Holy of Holies. So, I want to tell you that um, if you do this and do this and do this, then you will get into the Holy of Holies where God dwells. Come, let me show you the formula. It doesn't work that way. God cannot be figured out. You can only, it can only be revealed. And the only one that reveals him to us is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that takes us and reveals who the Father is. What did Jesus say to Peter? When they asked, who do men say that I am? Said, some says you are this, some says you are that. And Peter said, you are the Christ. What did he say? Flesh and blood has not revealed. You can't figure him out. You can't know him from what people say. You can't know him from other people's experience. He has to be revealed by the Holy Spirit. He has to be revealed. So in supernatural living, you have to embrace the revelation. So man was designed to live supernaturally. The way God designed us from the beginning is that we live supernaturally. Is that you and I get to a place in God where our everyday experience is supernatural lifestyle. Everything that we experience every day is supernatural lifestyle. All our experiences, everything that we go through, every day of our life, we live supernaturally. Supernatural life does not mean spooky. It doesn't mean you go about like this. What's wrong with you? I'm filled with the Spirit. Is that why you cannot walk? The Holy Ghost is moving me. That's not supernatural life. It's not spooky. It's not before you give a prophecy, say, mm, 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 mm. Ah, brother, what's wrong? Are you okay? Ah, mm, the word is coming. The word doesn't have to come like that now. So it's not spooky. There are certain people, God cannot speak to them unless they say, hey! Mm, 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 mm. That's when, it's not spooky. That's not the supernatural life. I've, met, I've, I've been talking to people several times and maybe, Sometimes, I'm just, the way I expose myself to God's presence, I'm not limiting myself to certain things. I remember there was a day I was playing, I think table tennis or something, with someone. As we were playing, we were playing. God was speaking to me. I was playing. I just stopped. I said, by the way, God gave me a word for you. He says, oh, really? And I was playing. I said, God said this, God said that, God said that. Ah, you missed this. I said, ah, ah. so it's nine to Abby. And so God said, it's prophecy. It's not my word. I wasn't now stop saying, hmm. Say what's happening? Say, a word is coming. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Ah, what's happening? A word is coming. No, we are the ones that do that. And we think that the spookier we get, the more authentic the word is. It's a lie. You don't have to be spooky to receive a word. You don't have to be spooky to, to, for God to speak to you. That is not the definition of supernatural life. Okay? So God can speak to you regardless. We, we, we saw that in the, in the devotional. That is still small voice. You don't have to, ah, until there's a fire. Say, ah, what's happening? Eli, 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 Eli. God is not speaking. No! That is not the yardstick to judge that God is speaking. God will speak regardless. He spoke to a, to a, to a donkey. 
The donkey did not say, hmm, 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 bella, bella, bella. No, the donkey just spoke. Simple. So, God speaks. Alright? So, understand how the supernatural life operates. If you, if you open your heart and open your mind, let's go to Genesis chapter 20, 28. You see a man that experienced something. Genesis chapter 28. A man that experienced something. From verse 10. It says, Meanwhile, Jacob left Beersheba and traveled toward Haran. At sundown, he arrived at a good place to set up camp and stop there for the night. Jacob found a stone to rest his head against and lay down to sleep. As he slept, he dreamed of a stairway that reached from earth up to heaven. And he saw the angels of God going up and down the stairway. At the top of the stairway stood the Lord and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather Abraham. And the God of your father Isaac. The ground you are lying on belongs to you. I am giving it to you and your descendants. Your descendants will be as numerous as the dust of the earth. They shall spread out in all directions, to the west and the east, to the north and the south. And all the families of the earth will be blessed through you and your descendants. What's more, I am with you and I will protect you wherever you go. One day, I will bring you back to this land and I will not leave you until I have finished giving you everything I have promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely, the Lord is in this place. And I wasn't even aware of it. When did the Lord come to that place? Was it when Jacob was aware or when he was not even aware? When he was not even aware. So the supernatural exists. That you are not experiencing it. And don't know it. Does not mean that it's not there. What happened? It needs to be revealed to you. So Jacob was there. He got to a place. He said it was a good place. Laid his head to sleep. And he had an encounter. And he woke up out of that encounter. And said wow. So God was here. And I did not know it. Imagine your life. Many of the things that have happened to you. God is there, but you didn't know it. God was there, but you didn't know. So the, when, it, when you now come to that awareness, it's not when it happened. It was only revealed to you. It was only, so the supernatural exists even here and right now. Power, glory, grace, the glory of God, the Shekinah glory, the power of God exists here right now. What happens is that we're revealed. We're revealed. We're revealed. Let's read further. We're revealed. We're revealed. Verse 17. But he was also afraid and said, What an awesome place this is. It is none other than the house of God. The very gateway of heaven. Gateway to heaven. The next morning, Jacob got up very early. He took the stone he had rested his head against and he set it upright as a memorial pillar. Then he poured olive oil over it. He named that place Bethel, which means house of God. Although it was previously called Luz, then Jacob made this vow. If God will indeed be with me and protect me on this journey, and if he will provide me with food and clothing, and if I return safely to my father's home, then the Lord will certainly be my God. And this memorial pillar I have set up will become a place for worshiping God. And I will present to God a tent of everything he gives me. Now, when you have supernatural encounters and supernatural experiences like that, what comes out of that is a deeper walk, a deeper experience with God. I'm going to give you one, two, three keys to maximizing supernatural living. Three keys. Taken out from this Jacob's experience. The first one is that, one, you stay in position. Let's go to verse 11. I told you about positioning. That everything that you do only positions you for what God has already done. If I decide that, Lord, I sense that I don't like, um, maybe I'm earning one million a month right now. And I say, God, you know what? I'm tired of earning one million a month. I'm more than this. 
something should happen. And I go to God's presence. I start praying and fasting and doing all sorts of things, sowing seeds and all that. And maybe I come out of that experience and I start earning 3 million or 5 million a month. You know what happened? What just happened is that I got to a season in my life, in my walk with God. Let me give you an example. I'm going on a journey, okay? And my journey starts from here. And the way God has planned is that on your journey, Joel, when you get to mile one, you will see a keyboard. When you move two miles further, you will see a drum set. When you move five miles, you will see a pulpit. So I start my journey. And instead of me to head north, I headed south. Will I see the keyboard? Will I see the drums talk to me? Will I see the pulpit? Whose fault? Is it God's fault? Good. So I headed south. But heading south, I'm praying. Heading south, I'm doing good works. Heading south, I'm doing nice things. And then people come to me and say, Wow, that guy is a good guy, but just has some things don't just happen to him. Hey, yeah. And then they pity him. But guess what God is doing? God is trying to do what gets him to head where? Not. Why? Because what he designed him for is not in south, is in north. So the moment the guy changes position to head north and heads in that direction, he begins to see the keyboard. Was it when he got there that the keyboard appeared? No, the keyboard has always been there. Wherever you are going in life, God has mapped it out. How you head in that direction is your key to getting everything that God has planned for you. So what should happen to you is that you should have a dissatisfaction for anywhere you are. That is your starting point. And you say to God, I'm tired of where I am. I want to change. I'm tired of these experiences. I want something new. I'm more than this. You created me to be more than this. I cannot be living like this anymore. That's what Jabez did. The Bible said he went to God and cried. And God heard him. And he became more honorable. It was not because God said, okay, now that you have prayed, let me have mercy on you. No. Honor was in his path. He just did not know it. The Bible says that the, 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 the beast of the field, how did he put it? He said, man that is in honor and does not know is like the beast of the field that perish. That's why the servant will be on horse and the prince will be walking. Because the prince does not know that he's a prince. It's none of God's fault. But the day the prince realizes that I am a prince, he steps into position, takes responsibility as a prince, and begins to walk as a prince. The benefits of princehood comes to him. Not because of anything, but because he has taken position as a prince. And as a prince, you are entitled to horses. Are you hearing me? So, but when you don't take position as a prince, what happens? You walk. You walk. So, the guy at that point gets to church one day and pastor is preaching and says, I have a word for somebody. You've been moving north, but God, you've been moving south, but God tells me, head north this time. And you stand up and say, pastor, it's me. And he lays down on you and you receive and you walk. And you, from that moment, God gives you an instruction and you start doing X, Y, Z and doing X, Y, Z and your direction changes and you start heading north. You start heading north. Two months down the line, you find the keyboard and say, wow, oh God has blessed me. Look at what I found and you called everyone and testified look at what i found and say god has blessed me god has blessed me yes but because you positioned it has always been there so the first key to maximizing the supernatural living is positioning so look at that verse 11 is that at sundown he arrived at a good place to set up camp and stop there for the night and he found a stone to rest his head against and lay down to sleep when you find a stone to rest your head you don't just he didn't why would he say he picked a stone he found 
So he searched and searched the scriptures and know what the promise of God is and search the scriptures and know what God has talked about me and search the scriptures and know my heritage in Christ Jesus and search the scriptures and know who I am in Christ Jesus and when I found it I laid it under my head and I rested in that place and then when I rested on that scripture I saw a revelation and that revelation now revealed me into the thing that God is planning to do so he positioned himself and in that positioning he found a stone and laid his head so not every place is conducive for the anointing not everywhere is conducive for the anointing to find expression so when you're looking for expression in the anointing you have to find a place that's why i tell you that the church is this church is not for everybody i don't just want anybody no fine anybody can come but when you come and all you just want to do is can the pastor see can this thing happen is he seeing visions is he saying there's somebody here this is your phone number that's your house address please those things don't make nonsense okay the thing is when you come to church you come to hear the word of god and when that word comes if god says there is someone here i will say there's someone here but if god did not say who am i now to say what am i saying that for who am i to say so not every place is conducive for the anointing find expression so jacob found that place and he stayed there so the first one stay in position stay in position if god has called you to something you stay there in that positioning that's where everything is that's where everything is and you need to ensure that you have the right atmosphere and then be deliberate about how you positioned be deliberate be deliberate about how you position oh ah have you heard it's happening in Abuja. Hey, really? Well, let's go. Let's go. Ah. Next week they call you again. Ah, have you heard? It's happening in Kaduna. Hey, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. No, you don't live your life like that. You are deliberate about your position. You are deliberate about the things that happened to you. When I first came to this city, many people called me and said, Ah, Pastor Joel, have you heard of this church? Go to this church. I said, Okay, I've heard. Someone called me, ah, there's this church. Have you heard? Go. I said, I've heard. This goes, ah. Oh, have you heard? You have not started church. Okay, so where do you go on Sunday? I said, I have church in my house. I stay at home. I said, why not go to that church? I said, I've heard. It's not about going to church. It's not about going. There's a reason to it. And when I found the one that God would have us go at that time, we're going and I told my wife and I said, look, that's where, let's just go have fun and, and we're enjoying ourselves. So it's not just to go. There is a reason to it. Alright? There's a reason. So you have to be deliberate. And then the second one, recognize your mandate from god it was never about you in the first place verse 12 it says as he slept he dreamed of a stairway that reached from the earth to the heaven and he saw the angels of god going up and down the stairway at the top of the stairway stood the lord and he said i am the lord the god of your grandfather abraham and the god of your father isaac the ground you are lying on belongs to you I am giving it to you and your descendants. Your descendants will be as numerous as the dust of the earth. They will spread out in all directions. To the west and the east. To the north and the south. And all the families of the earth will be blessed through you and your descendants. So it was not about you in the first place. It was about the people being blessed. So through you, you are just a channel. So recognize your mandate. Recognize who God has called you to be. And the responsibility he has given to you. Many years ago, I, was, I went to one of my pastors. I said, Pastor, I don't understand what's happened in my life. I think it was 2005 or 2006. Pastor Shion Banjo, he's now pastors, a pastor of Ibadan Church. He said, okay. So I told him X, Y, Z, many, many things and, and all that. And then at that time, um, um, my family wanted me to travel. And, and they said, okay, you know what? You're going to travel now. I had no problem traveling. There's no, I didn't have a problem to travel, but it was how they wanted me to travel that was the problem. And they said to me, so you're going to go abroad? I said, okay, that's good. No problem. And I asked them a question. When I go there, what am I going to do? One of my uncles said, whatever people are doing there, go and do. Just make sure you're bringing money back home. I'm telling you the honest truth. And here am I. I sat before God. I said, God, I've seen certain things while I was praying. You told me about the nations of the world. 
He told me about preaching. He told me about bringing people. I saw myself in a massive church and all that. I said, this is how it happens. I'm just going to go abroad like that. And those abroad people, they don't forget to, once you enter their country like this, with any fake thing, tomorrow will come out and say, they will dig out your data for you live. So I said, God, is this how it's going to be? So I went to my pastor. My pastor laughed. He said, come, lay hands on me. And as he was about to pray, he said something. He said, it's not about you. It's about what God wants to do. That word stayed with me from 2005 or 2006 till tomorrow. He says, it's not about you. I, he may have forgotten, but I, I didn't forget. So when you understand what has happened to you, the encounters you've had, nobody can sway you here and there. So eventually, they took me. It was, they dragged me. It was a serious matter. They dragged me to passport office. Then passport office was somewhere in, in, on airport, on um, PWD axis. Then, long time ago, they dragged me to a passport office. My uncle took me, got there. Um, I said, okay, let's do the passport. I followed them, did the passport. You know, something that is not of God, if you are just willing, know that it's not of God. I went there, they took the passport. When they brought out the passport, the name on the passport was something like um, 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 Muhammad Kazim, something like that. When I saw it, I said, uh, Uncle, but it's not my name that is on this thing. He said, don't worry, that's how we do it. I said, that day I broke down. I said, God, are you meaning, do you mean that I'm now going to change my identity? What about tomorrow if I get into the ministry? I said, ah, Mohammed, that is on your passport. You that went to Germany. You are now coming out to preach. Ah, so this is your plan. I was devastated. But I couldn't do anything. And then I went there with shirt and trousers. When I got there, they brought one Akbada for me to wear to take the passport. I was like, ah. So I got home. I cried my life out. I said, God, so this is how my destiny has gone. All the things you showed me in the spirit. So this is how it's all gone. I cried, I cried. Went to meet my pastor. Pastor said, hmm. Pastor laughed again. I said, ah, why are you laughing? He said, what did he tell you? <laughs> did he tell me? <laughs> he said, till tomorrow, that is the problem he had with his family. And they still have that problem. Because he refused to travel when they wanted him to travel. So I said, the grace that worked for you, Please let it work for me. Lord, behold, it caused a serious problem in my family. One of my uncles till today were not in good terms because of that. Because of that. They feel that I jeopardized the family's prosperity in a way. I should have traveled so that I can be sending cars. Then it, you know those days when if you, anybody that goes to Belgium or goes to Germany or Spain, and I come from the town where every house has somebody there. Benin, Edo State. Ah, every house in Benin has somebody abroad. If you don't have anybody abroad, you, you will lie that you have somebody abroad. It's that bad those days. You know, the mother will come out. The, the child may be doing prostitution there. The mother will come out and say, mm, my daughter is abroad. My daughter is abroad. My brother was there. He sent money. Several thousands of Millions sent money. They should do myself to go. I said, okay. I said, God, I'm in your hands. They tried, 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 tried. It didn't work. They tried, tried. They tried many things. It didn't work. They tried. It didn't work. I said, I told you people. Like they say in Yoruba, my head, no. <laughs> Glory to God. So you need to realize and know where you're going, who God has called you to be. What you, you need to know it. If you don't know it, life will just push you like this. Anywhere. So from a young age, from a tender age, I knew that this is where I was going. I knew. But how to get there, I don't know. But all I just knew was that I'll get instructions from God and just follow. Whatever God asks me to do, I'll do. I'll just come to church. I'll just serve. I'll do this and do that. I'll just do everything. How did I meet Dr. K? I was in my house one day. And then one pastor called me and said, um, would you like to um, drive Dr. K? Um, he's coming for a meeting um, in Nigeria. I just joined the church then and then the pastor found out, okay, I know how to drive. And he said, okay, would you like to drive him? I said, oh, no problems. I'm not doing anything. I just finished secondary school. I was, I was there. I was, okay, uh, come, drive him. And then I started driving him. I drove him. 
The next year, he said, that boy that drove me, call him again. Ah, I came. I drove him. The next year, that boy that drove me, call him again. Ah, I drove him. From that moment, I became his PA. So I'm driving him. I'm doing PA. Went all over, everywhere to get that. Everywhere, everywhere. From that time, for over nine years or many or so, I, was, I became his PA. And that opened up ministry, opened up many things to me. And I'm doing what I'm doing today. Glory to God. So you need to know what God has in stock for you. I'm really short of time. I need to run. This, the, okay, the second one I said, recognize your mandate. It's not about you. And the third one is, your experiences and actions should be a product of personal divine encounters. Verse 16. Let's go to verse 16. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I was not even aware. But he was also afraid and said, What an awesome place this is. It is none other than the house of God. The very gateway to heaven. So the next morning, Jacob got up very early. He took the stones he had rested his head against and he set it upright as a memorial. Then he poured olive oil on it. And he named that place Bethel, which means house of God. And then in verse 20, he made a vow unto God. So your experiences and your actions should be a product of personal divine encounters. Personal divine encounters. Your actions, your experiences, they should come out of your personal encounter with God. What you have encountered, what you have experienced with God. Those should form the things you do, the actions, how you respond, how you do things. That's where it should not come from what people say. It shouldn't come from other people's experiences. It should come from your own encounter with God. So, we saw Jacob there. He took this and laid a pillar and made a vow and did all this. Why? Because he had an encounter. So, somebody else seeing that, we say, ah, somebody comes now and say, ah, praise the Lord. I want to testify. Say, ah, what happened to you, sister? I say, ah, I saw the seed of 10,000 and God gave me 10 million. Praise the Lord. Somebody say, so next week you should carry seed of 10,000 God she sold 10,000 you give her 10 million me I'm sowing 100,000 you will give me 100 million is God Kalo Kalo is he a gambler that's what many people have made him to be casino so they, they calculate and calculate God and say okay God if I give you 10,000 100 food is how much 10,000 times 100. Okay. That's, that's how much? Um, 100,000. Okay, so. That's 100,000. Okay, so. Uh, how much I need? Oh, I need 1 million. So let me give God 100,000. That's how. You'll be shocked. That's how people live their life. They calculate God. I say, okay. Kalo, 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 kalo. God. Okay. And then they put the money in. And they say, ah. God, the thing has not shown. Is it sure bet? Oh, it's bet Ninja. The thing has not show. So the next day we get to church. Ah, brother, you don't chop. You never chop. Ah, I see that woman come out to give testimony. Ah, praise the Lord. Yesterday I gave you a testimony. I saw 10,000. God gave me 10 million. As I was going, I, I saw another 20,000. As I was rich where I was going, God gave me 20 million. I say, ah, this woman don't chop. Mama never chop. That's not, no. When people say that, they say it from a personal encounter and experience. So God told them. They heard God. God ministered to them. Jacob had an encounter. That's why he built the altar. That's why he raised the pillar. That's why he made a vow. So you don't just come and make a vow because you have a need. They say if you have a need, sow a seed to meet the need. You, the principle of sowing and reaping, you will reap. But when you will reap, you don't know. You don't know. The one that you will reap when is if God tells you. You go to God. Father, this thing is disturbing me. It's bothering my heart. And then you have an encounter. And God says to you, take this one million in that account. Drop it in church. That is the harvest. But the one that you say, ah, I need 20 million by next month. 
let me quickly sow this one million so that between now and next month, money will now come in. That is kalu kalu. God doesn't work like that. Okay? The seed is the word of God. When the word of God is not in what you are offering, there's no harvest though. Your harvest will come, but it will come when it will come. Because there's already a law and a principle of seed time and harvest time. To anybody that gives, it will be given to the person. It's a law. Whether you are a believer or you're not a believer, if you go and do good to people, good will come to you. It's a law. But when God is the one telling you to do this, and you are doing it out of an encounter, that's when you see harvest. That's when you see the word that goes forth and does not return to him void. Come out of time. Stand to your feet. The preceding message was brought to you by King's Word Everywhere, Nigeria. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org.